Hello, everyone, and welcome to Wonderful Wii Universe. This is the show where we are playing every single game on the Wii U console. That was released in North America, of course. My name is Steve Dunley. Hello, I am Wonderful78, Lisa Skowski. <laughs> Why 78? Uh, I don't know. Uh, what, what, no, what, it's randomly assigned, right? Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Oh, okay. Oh, I see. You're that number within the rank of the of the 100 or 101. Yeah. Were they numbered or were they just random things like Wonder Gnome, Wonder I, Lamp, I Wonder think, Printer? I think they were just kind of random things. Like I think someone okay. looked around the office and just like, oh yeah, this is a hero. Let's put this on a guy's head. So if you were yeah. part of the wonderful one double O, uh-huh. um, which would you be? Oh my God. Wonderful glasses? Wonderful glasses. Yeah, I think that would probably be my thing. Wonderful yeah. microphone? Uh-huh, sure. Yeah, yeah. wonderful, uh, 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 I have no idea. I think yeah. I would be wonderful sweatpants. Wonderful sweatpants. There we go. All right. All right. That's uh, that's a good stripper name, too, if you ever <laughs> want to take that on. I'm wonderful sweatpants. I'm $1. <laughs> Good. It's uh, nice to have a it's nice to have a fallback plan if this podcasting thing doesn't work absolutely. out. Absolutely. It's a no, very it's nice very cross section of skills when you're applying for Chip and Nails and be like, hey, I hosted a video game podcast for eight years. <laughs> I've been told I've got the body for podcasting. Yeah. Yes, yes. Well, today we are talking about a game called The Wonderful 101. This is a game I've kind of been excited to get to. This is sort of a uh, sort of a cult classic for a lot of people who played the Wii U. <laughs> cult classic for people with bad taste. Exactly. <laughs> as as often is the yeah. case, let's be honest. They're, like the, the term cult classic is tossed around pretty loosely. They're so generous with it on Wikipedia, being as that is, you know, yeah. one can edit it. And I have seen so many quote unquote cult classics that are just boring as sin. Or like uh, they they're just ill defined. Like somebody was referring to uh the movie Elf as a cult classic. I'm like, yeah. this was a Big box office hit. It's watched every year. This is like pretty establishment mainstream. Like, why, why are we calling by this cult, cult? We mean that like it's like Star Wars, the real cult classic. And sure. it's like, yes, it's a cult of the whole world. Yes, yeah, right. very one very large. Aren't we all just one large cult on this planet? Like, like, let's start treating each other like that. <laughs> Uh, before we get into the game today, I have to ask, what are you playing? Oh, I was, what are you playing? I was n- not prepared. Oh. Well, I played some Adventure Island games, as okay. we know, for our Patreon. I had a good time playing Adventure Island. Good times. I've been playing, uh, well, actually, this this not to just hype other things, but uh, the things I played most recently were Bowser's Fury. Yeah. Um, one half of the Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury for the Switch, yeah. and Psychonauts 2. Yes. Um, because we guessed it on Video Game Apocalypse to talk about the Game of the Year stuff. Yeah. And uh, those games are both a lot of fun. They sure um, are. I'm glad that Bowser's Fury is as short as it is because it's pretty... The environment is pretty small and contained. Yeah. It's like, I feel like a big part of Mario is all the different worlds you see. And Bowser's Fury is kind of like, what if one world in Mario Odyssey was the whole game? Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, yeah. But it, it, it is a fun thing, and it definitely scratches my itch for more Mario stuff. It's great. You can just kind of like, you know, plop down and uh, play it in a couple of hours and have a good time doing it. And, and uh, it's a lot of fun. I was not prepared for the scope of Psychonauts 2. It's huge. Um, yeah. I was just like, all right, we finished this uh, hospital casino. Now we're going to go right into the next level. And instead, I have to wander around all of these grounds outside of the headquarters. Fair. Which yeah. has been fun. I don't it's have fun. a. But I was just like, the focal point of Psychonauts, similar to Mario, is seeing all the different levels. So it's I'm true. anxious to uh, head back into someone's brain. That was kind of a. That was a game I kind of 100%ed just because. 
I, I sort of spent so much time wandering around figuring out what to do that I was just collecting everything. Yeah. And after a point, I'm like, oh, well, I'm pretty close. I might as well just knock these out. You wow. Know? Like, why not? 100% seems like a pretty big accomplishment in there as they you know, have it's, so many little cards just in the corners. It's pretty doable. The pain in the ass part comes with collecting all the figments, especially when you mm, get to the yeah, psychedelic yeah, yeah, yeah. level because everything is colored like those figments and they disappear into the background if very easily. If you leave if you leave a brain area and come back, do all the figments reappear and you have to collect them all again? No. Or only the ones that you didn't get are still there? Only the ones you didn't get are still okay. there. Yeah, you, you always keep the ones you got. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm excited for you. I think that's going to be great. I hope yeah. you stick with Psychonauts too. I love, love, love that game. Uh, for me, I recently, you know, we've been covering uh, the Arkham games over on our Patreon uh, and uh, the episode last week. I fell into playing Arkham Knight once again, and I just finished it this morning, including all 243 Riddler trophies. Again, this game is flawed, and I hate that it makes you do that, but like, it is a testament that this is the third time I've played all the way through this game, and like, I've got other stuff to do right now. <laughs> But yeah, I got, got into Lego sets that are only halfway unbuilt. I'm unbuilding Lego sets right now. Like there's other things I could be doing. You got and, a solid white puzzle that still needs more pieces put <laughs> oh in. Oh my it. god! It's, I've been I have been making progress on that. Okay. It doesn't look like it, but I'm I'm averaging about three pieces. I a very day. thoughtfully uh, gave Steve a puzzle that is the cover of They Might Be Giants album Flood, which is if you see, is just like a bunch of sort of. It's like, white ocean. It's like a monochromatic, like old timey image. It's mostly white water. So, yeah. uh, but I, and I've, I've kind of finished all the parts that have shapes or texture on it. And now I just need to fill in all the white parts. Your, your puzzle patience is, is very impressive, which but, is maybe not unlike your riddle or trophy patience. It's uh, maybe that's it. It's a weird, obsessive compulsive thing, I guess. But you know, Hey, that it's a testament to Arkham Knight that I wanted to see it through again. I wanted to keep playing it and, uh, I had a pretty good time doing it. Nice. And there's still like, there are like five Riddler trophies in that game that I just fucking hate. Everything else is pretty doable. There's five that I just hate so much. Uh, but I finished those five this morning. So Congratulations. Um, yeah, and I've got other games I'm going to be jumping into pretty soon, including Halo Infinite. I just downloaded today, played the training level. Excited to get into that a little bit more. But before you get into any of those games... Got to talk about Wonderful yeah, 101. you got to play Wonderful 101. Let's it's, bring it's it on, on your to-do list. Let's bring it on back. Let's talk about this game. The Wonderful 101 was released August 23rd, 2013. It was developed by Platinum Games and published by Nintendo and it was a Wii U exclusive at the time. It has since been remastered for Switch, PS4, and Steam. So we've covered Platinum Games a little bit. We talked about uh, Star Fox Zero and Star Fox Guard. And Platinum became kind of like a, a, a Wii U exclusive company for a little bit. Like some of their more high-profile like exclusive games came from Platinum. And uh, Star Fox Zero was, was a solid, fun game. But it was also a Star Fox game more than it was a Platinum game. I feel like this game is a little bit more in line with their ethos. So kind of as a quick reminder, like uh, Platinum Games is kind of like a super group of Japanese developers. We have the creators of uh, Resident Evil, Devil May Cry, and Okami slash uh, Beautiful Joe all coming together to make their own studio. Most of them are, uh, I think they're all from Capcom and they all just okay. kind of split off from there. Yeah. Um, they, you know, they, they their kind of focus was on very stylish action games. Like, so Mad World, uh, Metal Gear Revengeance, Bayonetta, Vanquish, those were kind of all of theirs. And this one's very much in that vein. They seem to have the aesthetic of, like, how much crap can we put on the screen at once? Yeah, like, yeah. It's just, like, we want our game to play at an outrageous speed 
be fun to look at and just kind of barrage you with like total sensory overload. Yeah, it's, it's like it's glitz. They, it's uh it's it's if you want to see what ADHD looks like, if you don't have ADHD and you want to know what it looks like, play the one for one oh one. It's the you know, uh there's that's there's a scene in a, the movie Antichrist, right before a bunch of terrible things happen, in which a fox So approach, before the credits. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> in which a fox approaches this couple, um, and in a very ominous voice says, Chaos reigns. <laughs> and I feel like that is the mantra for platinum games. What's <laughs> the better talking fox movie? Is it uh, Antichrist or Green? night uh i haven't seen green knight yet but oh man i yeah. mean green knight is the better movie okay. but um the fox is kind of superfluous in that movie uh, where antichrist the fox is a real highlight but what does but the fox say he says chaos i don't know that song is that a thing is that right that was a thing okay i think you're about four years behind or something i'm at least four years behind and at least 20 years too old for that reference yeah yeah absolutely um the point is this game and platinum games in general like they're just wild. Like they really let their design go off the rails yeah. in a way that always excites me. Sure. Every time I see a preview or gameplay footage of a platinum game, I'm like, that seems sweet. Right. I want to play this. And every time I actually play it, except for Vanquish, which I really like, I'm kind of like, this doesn't work all that well. <laughs> That's Astral the th- chain was one. Yeah. Even near autonoma, which is a game. People oh, I forgot love. that was them. Yeah, I c- couldn't wrap my head around so much of it. Yeah, it, that's that's kind. I'm in kind of in the same uh, camp with that. Like, Platinum is one of those companies I always really appreciate because they go big, they go weird. There's lots of like uh, anime and manga kind of influences, so everything's very over the top, very stylized, and they make some big swings. Like, you know, we'll yeah. talk about it when we get to Bayonetta, but Bayonetta's skin tight suit is made entirely out of hair. That's weird. That's a weird idea, you yeah, know. And I like, mean, the more you fight, the the less clothes she wears because her hair's burning off. It's a strange mechanic. And, and it is cool that they go for these things, and they're like, "No, we're not going to tone it down." They essentially have sort of the freedom of an indie developer, but like the budget to put something real big together. And it's kind of an interesting dynamic because this company's sort of produce nothing but flops like almost exclusively they've done flops i think revengeance is their one really big but seller all the i mean to use the term cult classic again i feel yeah. like almost every game they put out has some kind of cult following exactly and that's kind of what keeps them alive so like when this game was being developed uh you know when platinum started they had an exclusive contract with sega they made four games in a row for them they were all flops it was uh, Bayonetta did the best out of those. Bayonetta two had to be somewhat successful, right? Or- I'm curious because that one was that one again. That was a Wii U exclusive, and it was right. really hyped up. And I haven't gotten to that one yet. Okay. Um, but you know, like so they they had uh, there was like a DS game called Infinite Space that no one really played. Mad World was a uh, kind of their first, and that was like the the catch with that one was it was the super violent Wii game you sure. know it's like the this is the game where you can use your Wiimote to cram a traffic sign up somebody's butt you know I mean like, I'm interested it's you know again another one of those things like great I I love watching the stills of this I don't know that I like what playing this game <laughs> and it, well and then none of their st- I mean another more kudos to them like they don't base stuff on IP all that much like no. it's not surprising that Metal Gear Revengeance is would be their highest selling game being oh, yeah. as it's like you know set in a franchise people care about but a game like you know Mad World or Astral Chain yeah. is just kind of like what is this yeah and 
you know, I'm not saying that as a criticism to Platinum. I think that's a great thing that they go and try and find new characters and new franchises, but it also doesn't really help them in the sales department. Astral Chain is kind of a good, like, uh, spiritual successor to this game because the, the mechanics in both that game and Astral Chain are, are in Wonderful 101 is, uh, revolves around controlling a large, like, groups of people or multiple people at the same time. Oh, okay. Uh, which seems to be like a nut they've been trying to crack. And that's. I think that that may be an uncrackable nut. I think that there's a game, there's a, there's a game, an indie game called Brothers, yeah. A Tale of Two Sons, I think. Yeah, that you, you has control that mechanic. One, one boy with one stick, the other boy with the other stick, and like, yeah. That game does it well because that game is a very slow-paced puzzle game. Right. Um, I'm not sure that the idea of controlling multiple characters in an action game is a nut worth cracking. Uh, yeah. Because it just is confusing and chaotic. Yeah, and I think there's, like, some kind of argument for, like, a left brain, right brain, like, trying to uh, master both hemispheres at the same time. You know, I think that's kind of the mechanic that they're going oh, for. Oh, yeah, and again, perhaps just a bad mechanic. Like, yeah. Because this game really asks a lot of the player, and I don't think that it is to its favor. No. So after all those games flopped for Sega, Platinum Games was a free agent for a while. They they uh, hooked up with Kojima for a little bit to make Metal Gear Revengeance, which we talked about. Fun game, fun mm-hmm. three-hour game with lots of ninja slicing. Uh, uh, good times. Yeah. And a good character to fit with Platinum's aesthetic. Yes. Like, of all the Metal Gear Solid characters, the, the thing that they turned Raiden into is, like, the good way to go. I mean, maybe that's good for Platinum in general, because we both like the Star Fox game, and I feel like maybe Platinum needs a bigger company or license to rein in a little bit of these impulses, because those sure. games are both do creative things with the license, but they're yeah. not they're not just fully wild the way the straight-up Platinum games exactly. are. Exactly, yeah. They can't just be completely off the rails. Um so yeah, uh, after the success of that series, plus like you know Bayonetta had been uh, not a huge seller, but it had been kind of an awards contender for yeah. a lot of people. Uh, so Nintendo brought the company on as one of their most high-profile Wii U exclusive developers. So Bayonetta Two would be the most headline-grabbing game, and of course we talked about the Star Fox games. But Wonderful One Hundred One was their first attempt at an original game for this platform. Uh, so the game was directed by Hideki Kamiya, who is best known for creating Devil May Cry. And he drew inspiration from the tokusatsu action series of his youth. So we talked a little bit about this when we got into uh, Power Rangers. Okay. Uh, because, yeah, Power Rangers and is... And when we talked Ultraman. And when we talked Ultraman. Our beloved Everyone's episode. favorite episode about <laughs> yeah. Ultraman. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the, the tradition. Like, there, there's a big uh, uh, kind of genre in Japan of, like, fighting robot men who turn into something big. You know, that's kind of the... Uh, common Rider is one of them. Ultraman's another. And, um, like, masks fly down from the heavens and they, like, don them in some sort of over-the-top cutscene. Yeah, they've always got their own, like, goofy theme music yes. playing as they're doing that. They've got, like, the- or catchphrases they shout out to right. transform. You know, and so if you're, you know, a, a developer in Japan, like, you probably grew up with shows like this and Super Sentai, things like that. So the idea for this game originally came about in the Wii era, and the initial idea was to bring in dozens and dozens of branded Nintendo characters. Oh, fun. So this would be, like, instead of just a bunch of heroes, this would be Donkey Kong and Toad and Bowser and all these guys, like, working together. Uh, this proved to be a licensing nightmare, sure. even within Nintendo. Yeah. Nintendo's like, you know what, we like this idea, I think maybe just not with our characters or, like, with real characters, because that's just uh, un- unfeasible at yeah. this moment. So, uh, yeah, so they, they decided to redevelop, and it's similar to a game we talked about recently on our Patreon called Freedom Force, 
where they're taking a lot of kind of the basic outlines of real characters and then just like modifying them until they're their own thing. Right. You know? So uh, the original idea was to use only five heroes who would unite into a giant robot, kind of like Voltron or okay. Power Rangers. But thankfully, Platinum went weirder and they increased the heroes 20 fold. I don't know. I don't thankfully know. Thankfully, is the idea. I would be curious to see this game. I mean, obviously, you'd have to retool the mechanics, but I think you might emerge with a better game with five yeah. characters. It's, I don't know. It's a less possible. unique one. But. You know, so the final like roster of characters is like a blend of like American comic book influences and the tokusatsu characters. And then just like looking around your office, finding stuff like we said, like, oh, there's there's old wonder plants. You know, yeah. it's a guy with a plant for a head. Wonder there's a guy pen. wonder cup. There's a guy with a toilet for a head. This like is it. like the scene in the movie Mystery Men mm-hmm. in which um, they're doing a bunch of superhero tryouts and everyone shows up with these goofy powers. I was I've been a long time obsessed with I think the character Dane maybe the character Dane Cook plays The Waffler? Oh, not the Waffler. No, it yeah. wasn't Dane Cook. One of the guys comes up as he's Pencilhead. That's and, Doug and Jones. It, yeah. And it's his son of Pencilhead. That's one of my favorite jokes of all time. I'm son of Pencilhead. And the, yeah, because the, the kid is like, oh man, that's weird. I have to Okay, I have to sidebar about Mystery Men. That is like there's no reason for that movie to look that way. What do you mean? Like Okay, so they're they're kind of doing like a straight down the line like superhero parody, right. right? But they set it in this world that is like so insane and baroque and like neon lit, like so I don't know if they're specifically parodying like the Joel Schumacher, Schumacher Batman. That, that's the vibe I get. Yeah, yeah. But it's going it's what so, things from the nineties look like. It's going so big and so weird. And man, like, I like that movie a lot. I like that movie a lot too. But like the 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 <laughs> thing the actors are doing and the thing the set directors are doing are not the same movie. Sure. Okay. Like, Fair enough. That's my mystery man minute. <laughs> uh, watch mystery man. It's pretty fun. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so, yeah, this game was a bit of a flop upon release. It sold less than a million copies, and uh, it was kind of used by some outlets as, like, this. it's 2013, we're already calling it on the Wii U. It's been out for a mm. year. This is their first big swing at, like, a third-party exclusive uh, series, and no one really gets it, and it kind of flops. And that, I don't know if that is fair. I don't think that's fair. I don't think this game would sell a lot of copies if it were on any other system. Because this is no. a very difficult game to explain and to sell to people and also has a very sort of niche aesthetic. Like, a lot of people in the U.S. are not excited about, you know, playing homage to, like, old Japanese superhero no. TV shows. No, not so much. And, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, you get occasional crossover, like, weird games like this, like Katamari Damashi or things like that, like... That that have similarly difficult to describe mechanics, but in the in the play what style, are you talking like about? They, Katamari, you just roll things up. It's very easy to describe. I mean, I guess so. I guess it's so, hard to it's, describe why it's fun. It, it, that, yeah, I guess that's more like it. Yeah, hard to describe like why you would want to play this, yeah. but uh, you know, but, but it's similarly kind of like uh, esoteric and odd, you know. So, but I think to put these kind of expectations on it that this is supposed to be the savior of the Wii U, right, you know, like, I don't think that's what this game is. This be. is de- this is like the chewy middle of your Nintendo console where like you have, you know, your first party stuff really come up to the forefront and then you're like, okay, I've played through all of those. Yeah. What are my B and C grade fun games? Devil's I, third, obviously. Yeah. Um, well, that yeah. I can sort of bolster my collection with. And this fits in this in theory fits nicely into there. It does, yeah, yeah. So uh, this game, you know, like I said, it struggled a little bit when it came out, but it has become a little bit of an indie favorite. And uh, the low sales, you know, 
didn't really seem to stop them too much. Uh, the game found a cult following, and in 2019, Platinum launched a Kickstarter to bring the game to the Switch. They set a goal of $50,000, and they met that in 30 minutes. So okay. pretty impressive. Uh, and the stretch goals allowed them to release this game on PS4 and on Steam. Good for uh, Platinum. I do yeah. wonder how many people... I'd be curious to know how many people who donated to that Kickstarter had ever played this game versus yeah. how many you know, wanted to play it because it looks very cool and they never had a Wii U. Yeah. And so they thought, oh yeah, I want to get it ported because I feel like if you had played this game, you might be a little less excited about it. I wonder about that too. And I think uh, the backers are a little less excited about this prospect now because this game came out, the remaster came out in May of 2020. And uh, as of last week, not all of the physical releases have still been sent out, like the physical oh, wow. perks for uh, uh, being a backer. There's supposed to be toys and plushes and things like that. None of those have gone out yet. So I don't know. That's But that is the first time Platinum self-published a game, like that little Kickstarter. Uh, that's the Kickstarter mistake, I think, is to but all these stretch goals inquiring more physical goodies. Yeah. Like just give, have people give you 30 bucks and then give them a digital copy of the game. Like that's it. That's the only level. And then you get the thing funded, you make money and everyone gets their stuff. Exactly. Like there's yeah. no disappointment. Yeah. Keep it, re keep it reasonable, you know? Yeah. Cause I mean, how many people hold on to those plushies forever anyway? You know, like they're just going to end up in your closet. Sure. So the story here is very winky, very over the top. Uh, so it starts with uh, a very long, like, train-like school bus yeah. traveling through this futuristic city called Blossom City. And there's kind of a milquetoast uh, elementary school teacher aboard taking the kids on a field trip when this alien species called the Geth Jerk attack. Yeah, <laughs> so I'd, the names in this game are like, you know, like Rick and Morty, like it, it's clearly like they're just making up bloopy, oh, bloopy sure. noises like off in the spot. That's yeah. kind of what the names in this feel okay, like. Okay, yeah. Uh, so the Geth Jerk are attacking Earth. They've targeted the school bus full of elementary schoolers. But unfortunately for the aliens, the mild-mannered teacher, Mr. Will Wedgwood, is secretly a superhero called Wonder Red, who can unite with his fellow team members on a team called the Sentinels, with a C, to combat evil with powerful abilities known as Unite Morphs, where they basically join all together and form new shapes using their bodies to fight evil. So this intro level, um, where you are in this train running around, totally rules. Yes. Like, this level looks awesome like i so you get so hyped on this game right from the start oh yeah because like your first char your character moves super duper fast there's just tons of explosions coming from all sides um apparently like a bus a very good place to set uh scenes like yeah. fight scenes like the movie nobody best scene in that movie is on a bus that's true um best scene in uh, shang, -Chi. shang chi yeah yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and in this so it's um it's a lot of fun and you're you get joined by your wonderful 100. Yeah. This team of the Sentinels where there's a sort of one member from a hundred different countries and they all join together in this giant squad and sort of at the beginning here, you're just running around and punching things. You're like, all right, this seems great. I'm ready. Like this, it does what you want a game to do where it really starts out in a big, flashy way. Yeah. And you kind of assume that all these mechanics will be explained later. And yeah. you're like, all right, I'm 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 in for it. And then after I make it through this level, it will slow down and I'll have a chance to get a handle on the mechanics. And then you realize when you get into the next level, that's not really, it's not really what's going to happen. It's not really, no. I mean, I, I like the presentation here because it's very knowing. They know what they're doing. Like, 
there's a running bit where like the narrator keeps interrupting with these really long winded scientific explanations of just lots of like buzzwords. Sure. Like, oh, they're using the electricity from their biometric suit matrix to combine we, forces. Yeah, like, which freezes the action on screen. But right. then your characters start, you know, getting annoyed or they'll, looking around. They'll well, mug to the well camera. Frozen. Yeah. Yeah, like there's a great scene where uh, Wonder Blue, who's one of your other guys, he's uh, frozen in air in like a hero pose while the narrator's doing his bit. And then he just starts getting impatient and like falling out of the sky and struggling to keep in this pose while the guy is talking. And so they're having fun. And every character gets introduced three times, like in a really silly way. They, they play the theme, this theme song in the background. Yeah. Which is, which is really fun. Like it's not enough. You can't really hear the words of it. Somehow the dialogue of this whole game feels mixed really low. Yeah, it does. Um, but it's really fun to have that theme song here. And it just, that level just does a fantastic job of getting you amped. Yeah, you no, amped it does. For this game. It and, does. Yeah, and every, I don't know. Everybody seems to be in on the joke that's happening here, and they're all leaning into it and having fun. I mean, you can't have a character who is, like, literally a walking beer uh, without kind of having a little sense of humor about yourself. So I appreciate that about it, and I like the chaos and the goofiness. The gameplay here is where I struggle a little bit. So hard to explain this game. I'm going to do my best here. So you... You control a squad. Yeah, the game is not very good at explaining itself either. Not really. It, it both over and under explains itself. Um, so you're controlling a squad of superheroes. You can kind of, uh, you you basically have one leader who's like your avatar and you're going to run around collecting all the other heroes who are just going to kind of act as your right. arms or, or whatever. Think of it as Pikmin. Yeah, this game yeah. is definitely like Pikmin combined with like, revengeance or something yeah it's yeah like, it's just like imagine pikmin like cranked way the hell up yeah. like and and everybody's just running around being chaotic so your leader runs around and can like you can fight like a standard attack you can use team attacks where like everybody attacks at once or you can use these things called unite morphs the unite morphs are kind of the central mechanic of the game basically you can either use your stylus to draw this on the game pad or use the r stick to sort of draw a pattern and press a or x and depending on the shape you draw, your heroes will bind together into a shape, like a couple a, of your a, a zord, if you will. Sorta, yeah, yeah. So you like, uh, if you draw a circle, like you're going to turn into a big fist, and all of your different characters will absorb into that fist, make up kind of the body of it. The more characters you have in your squad, the bigger the weapon and the more damage it does. And so the weapons are, to our, our knowledge, is yeah, you can draw this little loop to get a fist, mm -hmm. you can draw a straight line, they'll turn into this long sword, and um, later, you, you found out you if you draw an L kind mm -hmm. of shape, it'll turn into a big gun, yep. which is pretty satisfying. Or if you draw a little snaky shape, it turns into a whip. Yeah, I, I think there's quite a few of these morphs that you can unlock. There are little stores in between each stage where you can like buy new abilities and things like that. So there's quite a few little mechanics to unlock here. So like... You can see the influence of Okami here if you ever played that. Like, because uh, the big mechanic in Okami is occasionally you'll just freeze the game, mm. draw a shape with your right stick, and then it'll interact uh, with I the environment. I think that somehow. one of the lead developers for this game was the lead developer for Okami. It, yeah, it, one of the guys from yeah. uh, Platinum Games is for sure involved in that. Uh, so, yeah, that's kind of the similar. Uh, development here but again like okami not a crazy fast action game that's like no. a zelda style game like more about exploration than anything and else and this game like okami you can see what's happening like this is what it all comes down to for me and it asks as that fundamental old zen riddle of <laughs> if you have no idea what is going on in a video game are you actually playing it 
Yeah, um, it, it, after after a certain point, it might as well just be like cookie clicker or something. Like for all the input that I have on this. Yeah, game. it's like I can see that my moving buttons on the controller is affecting things on the screen. Yeah, but I don't really know how. It's kind of like when you play NFL quarterback club or something. Sure. You're like, I can tell that like. You're just watching me like shove it in my ear because I don't know how I'm playing this fucking game. Yeah. Well, it's like I can tell the mans are moving. Yeah. But like, I don't know what my choice of man has has any impact on anything. Yeah. Because the camera here, and this is just a natural outcropping. If you're going to have, I, I imagine at some point you get a hun- up to 100 characters on your squad. Like yeah, your, your maxed out squad is 100. Is as you walk by civilians, you can draw a little circle around them on the touchpad or with the R stick and then press A and they will join your team as mm-hmm. just kind of generic masked heroes. But if you're going to have this many characters on your team, the camera has to zoom way, way out. Way out. Like you are you are really small here. Uh, and you can zoom your character, your camera in a little bit, but then you'll sort of lose the action. And like it's you'll still, be too close. Even in the zoom, it's not as zoomed as you want because no. there's so much stuff going on. And this has the base mechanics of most platinum games of you have the ability to dodge, you can block by turning into a giant stack of flan. Great. Uh, we very cute. Love it. Um, yeah. And enemies, you know, broadcast their attacks pretty well. But with the camera so far out, it's just so hard to tell where you are and what the hell is going on. And as far as I'm concerned, it leaves the game almost unplayable. Like, yeah, I mean, if you sit here and jam on the buttons long enough, things are going to happen. But you're, you're just... There's no real tactile sense of control in what's happening here. And I found I spent most of my time just rounding up the the characters that I've lost. Every time you get hit, you outside from losing health, yeah. a bunch of characters drop off you. If it would be like the mechanic in Sonic the Hedgehog where you lose all your rings and then you have to get dawdled and like um go rush and pick them up but it would be like imagine that mechanic but you got hit every couple seconds or like <laughs> imagine you're playing this game entirely as that symphony of the night boss that's just a ball of corpses okay that's 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 wonderful 101 yeah. right there there you go that's a reference that everybody understands i mean and a lot of people played symphony of the night yeah it's a good game hey. better than a wonderful 101 you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna agree with you on yeah. that one um yeah so uh Lots of good ideas here that I just think this style of gameplay doesn't really match this style of control. Right, like because, this game maybe wants to be a slow-paced kind of puzzle game. Yeah. Of like, which I guess is kind of what Pikmin is. Right. Really, it, it, it's like Pikmin is already a fairly complicated game in terms of getting all your squad of Pikmin to do what you want to do yeah. and controlling them precisely. And like to to integrate that into a game of this speed with this level of sort of sensory intensity, yeah, is just way too challenging. Yeah, yeah, especially when uh, when you're using the touchscreen, it's not very clear. Like, I don't know, it's not very clear. I guess that's just the big problem. Like, yeah. I don't know where you're supposed to be drawing this on the touchscreen. It seems like it can be anywhere, but it also does seem to interfere with things if you don't do it in a specific because sometimes you need to be sending them to a specific location you need to be drawing a circle around like a truck or something to get them to pick up the truck and move it but there's no reference for where that truck is on the touch screen right so if it's just use, a bunch of dots on the touch screen. if you use the right stick like time slows down you usually have a few seconds to draw your shape 
But depending on how many characters you have in your squad at the time, like you may not be able to draw a long enough shape to encapsulate the truck and like, you know, and it tries to be generous with some of these mechanics, but I still found myself bumping up into that. We're like, okay, I got to go run around, collect all my guys again. Yeah. And there's a sense a lot of the time that the mechanics almost just don't work. Like there's a few things where when you the default option is it will show tips for the game in the left side of the screen. And one of them was just tapping X a bunch for a climb attack. And I just kept tapping X and I'm like, is a climb attack happening? What does a climb attack look like? I don't know what that means. I had no idea. Yeah. I had no idea. And then eventually, like, you'll defeat a big robot who drops, like, drill arms or something. Yeah. And then you can run over and pick up those drill arms. Also seems neat. And then you just are like, okay, how do I use these? What do they do? And that's and- the annoying mechanic where, like, if you pick up the drill arms, in order to attack, you're not pressing the attack button. You're pressing the dash button, which in regular combat is the button that cancels out your attack. Yeah. So that's just confusing. I don't know. It's just needlessly confusing, especially when these big-ass weapons are pretty fun to use. Like, you found a giant glaive. There's a gl- yeah. giant uh, cannon, you know, lots of other little things that you can pick up like that. It's just like they don't do a good job explaining these mechanics because it all seems to, once you get past that chaos of that first train bus level mm-hmm. they're adding more mechanics constantly but like we read the instructions for one of these pop-up tips that's like when you divide your team into two and do a wonder attack but press x instead of a your other squad will do an attack with a different weapon and yeah. we both okay just to be clear we both went to college mm-hmm. i'm not saying that like i would never attest that you and i are smart people but it took Very us dumb. at least four times to read this through and be like, what is this saying? Like, what, what, what is this referring to? What does it want me to do? I, I think, okay, where it, where it all came down is that basically you're supposed to be able to split your team so that they're both using different Unite Morphs at the same time. Right. But one of them will be controlled automatically and the other one will be in your control. But like, I don't think we ever successfully pulled this off. I think I did, but it only lasts for like a split second. Like they just, the other team will instantly use that attack and then go back and join your team. So it's like, there's a ton of mechanics here, but because you can't really see what's going on, it's just like, they don't work. I don't, no. I don't, I don't really know how to describe this game aside from it. Not, doesn't work. It just kind of doesn't work. Yeah. And I feel bad because I, I like the look the of this game. The aesthetic of this like, game is awesome. I mean, they, they specifically designed this to look like a playset. Like mm-hmm. you're, you're playing with little miniature figurines on a big ass playset, And you're just like supposed to be a little kid having fun bumping characters together. Right. But even when I was doing that as a little kid, like I had story structure, maybe I'm the weird one, but like I had, <laughs> I had story structure. I had pacing. I'm like, all right, uh, this team needs to go over here. This team needs to go over here. Well, it, it, this game scratches a somewhat similar itch as the Lego games do. I kinda. feel like, um, in the sense that you just kind of wander around and don't have to pay all that much attention. Yeah. Uh, and then you just respawn instantly. But there, it's infinitely more frustrating than those games. And like those games do feel like you could just be people, you know, someone playing with your Legos at a toy set. Yeah. Um, this but- game also has a multiplayer mode. Should we get into that? Let's get into the multiplayer. Yeah, this is like a, a competitive co-op mode called Wonder Missions where uh, it's it's not like story-based. You're just kind of doing these little self-contained arena bi- fights, basically. Which is actually a more fun way to play this game. I think like, so. When, you, when the game just leans into it and is like, 
we know that this is all just like mindless chaos. We're just going to throw wave and wave of enemy at you. That that works a little better. Like yeah. in the story mode where you actually have goals of like decipher this code or destroy this truck, that's when the mechanics really are frustrating. Yeah. Whereas here, if just like, yeah, I'll equip this big whip and I'll slap everyone who comes out. Sure. Yeah, it's great. You know, you're you're basically both teams are working together to take out hordes of robots, and then you just get judged at the end by who did better. I did not figure out these criterion at all. No, it, it, it's terrible. Like, the first one is, like, enemies destroyed, and then it's how much damage you took, and then it's O parts. Which are, like, the, the game's currency. It's, like, uh, uh, coins that you pick up off of robots. <laughs> then they don't show you the total of who got the most points with those three things average. Yeah. They just then give you a first or second. So every time we're like, okay, I guess I won or you won for some reason. I kept winning. I didn't know why. Like I, I don't, I feel like I was not uh, doing well. Sure. Maybe I was, I don't know. I have no well idea. In, in the world of wonderful one Oh one. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, this was definitely the more fun way to play this. Uh, if just for like, yeah, I think this just doesn't matter. Let's just smash a bunch of shit and, and you like, can, doodle on the screen and wait until crazy stuff happens. Yeah, and you, you know? can play this with five players, which sounds absolutely mind-melting. Yeah. But it, and even this, like, it was less frustrating than the core mode, mm -hmm. but it still felt like it would get pretty boring pretty fast. I, I think mean, it, it did would. within the three missions we played. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it, Yeah, because to have a competitive mode where neither of you really understand the mechanics, it's, I don't know. That's a bit tough. That's know, a bit I, tough sell. I feel like I've been hard on this game. I mean, I've come down, but like this game was disappointing. Like I've something like Hello Kitty Racers. It's like, yeah, this game's not good, but I didn't expect it to be good. No, no. This game, I expected to at least be like fun. Yeah. And, <laughs> and Platinum's kind of established a reputation of like, even if I don't like these games, I appreciate how weird they're going. And and I, I appreciate how weird this one's going. I do. Yeah, but like you I can't, just you wish can't it enjoy works. any of that stuff because yeah. you're so far removed. And I just spent oh, so much time being frustrated. Like, how did nobody sort of play test this and initially say, hey, you know, I can't really see anything that's happening in this game. Yeah. Hey, you know. This whole experience is like very frustrating above all else. And someone said, oh, maybe we should take a moment and retool some of these gameplay mechanics. Yeah. But it's like they focus so much on the presentation that the gameplay mechanics just get lost. Yeah, they really do. And that's a shame. It's a yeah. shame. I was I was hoping for a little bit more. I, I would like to I would be excited for the wonderful 102. Yeah. Where they fix everything that's wrong with this game. <laughs> There's but, something to this. Oh, yeah, you definitely. Know? And, and, like, I, I remember expressing, too, like, I wanted to see, like, when you turn all of your heroes into a giant sword, I wanted to look like a sword made out of people. Yes. You know? Like, I wanted to look like there's a bunch of people working and straining together in a big pile. Like You to, want it to be like Mount Your Friends, the, the, the beat-em-up action yeah, game. Kinda, yeah. If you could do that mechanic, like, really fast, like, that'd be a pretty funny way to play it. Instead, everybody just kind of gets bound by this light, and they just take the shape of the thing that they're looking like. So it's not even that exciting to see them all come together like that. So a little bit of a disappointment. Um, you have anything else about this? You want to move on to no, our rankings? Oh, I'm too bummed. Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. Sorry to bum you out. Um, well, you didn't do it. It's the Wonderful 101's fault. Ah, Wonderful 101. By the way, uh, the one at the end of that title, that's us. Okay. We're the player. We're the one. Also, weirdly, like... They keep referring it as the wonderful one zero zero. Yeah. Or one double zero. One yeah. double zero in like 
this is a you know platinum is a japanese developer but this seems like almost british in a lot of aesthetics like when characters uh Part of the design is you have to walk a bunch of characters into these outhouses, uh-huh. which will then explode in prizes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but those are all labeled WC, wash closet up on the top. Yeah. Which is like, that is not traditional terminology for what we use here. Don't know what they're doing. Yeah. I don't know. Well, let's move on to our rankings. Each week we are ranking the games that we have just played compared to every other Wii U game we have played I will start it off. I am going to put this one at number 34, which is just below Devil's Third, which uh, may be harsh, maybe really harsh, but like I feel like if I had to go back, uh, like these Devil's Third and Wonderful 101 are kind of occupying a similar space for me. Uh, but I think if I was to go back and play one of them, it would be Devil's Third. It's like this one. games that you like in theory, but aren't actually Ga- very good. Games that I really want to like. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, a bit of a disappointment, Wonderful 101. I was hoping for more, um, but it's just kind of too much for too little payoff. Yeah, um, I'm putting it in a very similar place to yours. Um, no, I think number 35, right under NES Remix Pack. Okay. Um, which was a similarly kind of disappointing game. Yeah. But at least there, I was very familiar with what was happening. Oh, yeah. And, you know, this feels like a kind of game that if you really took the time and worked to understand the mechanics you could probably find a lot of fun here. I think the so. aesthetic is very cool, but there's no training mode. Like no. this is almost, I, I hate it in games where, you know, they spend a bunch of times like making you train to do each mechanic. Yeah. And it does feel like a waste, but I would have really welcomed it here um, because the actual in-game, you know, stays so chaotic and never slows down to actually explain how things work. Yeah, I mean, there is, like, a tip thing, like, that pops up in screen, like, but you can tap on L. even that is confusing. Because it's not reflecting what you're doing. It's just giving you random tips that take up a quarter of the screen. Yeah, it yeah. says, if an enemy is weak, use a Unite to finish them off. And you're like, is an enemy weak? How Why? do you tell? Yeah. I mean, I guess, like, they turn different colors, but, like, it's hard to tell. They still take several hits when they're in their lower color. Also, this game is really hard, like... Playing yeah. it, it's there's three difficulty settings. If you play it on the default, it's really, really hard. That is but another I feel like that is another foundation of platinum games, is they are not afraid to make their games hard. I remember, yeah, yeah. I was playing a near automata I which I cannot say. And um, Automata, Automata. Yeah. I, I don't think know. The, you you play through at least fifteen minutes of an initial level. And before you fight a boss, and yeah. if you die to that boss, you go back like to the beginning of the game. Yeah. And then I'm like, yeah, that was I the keep, sound I made. I can I keep completely forgetting that that's one of their games. That might be yeah. my favorite of their games. Yeah, like, a lot that, of people like that game. And that I one think, I I mean, and I don't think I love it as much as other people, yeah. but uh, I, I I did like. I had uh, a lot of trouble getting through the way the graphics in that game look because that mm. is a gray ass game it's a gray ass game it's kind of a game i'd rather have the soundtrack for than anything else the music in that is so weird and cool well we have one very brief letter this week uh hey steve woody and guests hello quick question what are your top three games you want to play but haven't gotten around to yet and that is from blake in deland florida deland 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 of the blake uh yeah so uh i don't know if i have three we can can try and do we can try and pull three um of games that I've been wanting to play, I've been thinking about this question. One that like keeps coming up, I keep kind of meaning to get to it, and I just never do, is a game called FTL, or Faster Than oh, Light. I love FTL. See, everyone keeps telling me yeah. that. Everyone keeps telling me. And, I've played uh, so much goddamn FTL. It's just always... I don't... 
it's I don't know. I've just never been in the mood for it. It's very accessible. Like at this point, you yeah. can kind of find it everywhere. But uh, I just never got to it. But I, he, I keep hearing it's excellent, and I mean to get to it, and I just haven't done it. It's fun. It's definitely a time commitment, though. Of like, yes, I'm going to wrap my head around these mechanics. Yeah. Um, for me, <laughs> I mean, up to date, like Wonderful 101 might have been one of them. Yeah. Um, but a lot of platinum games in in general, mm-hmm. um, like I said, they really do appeal to me. I've never spent much time with the Bayonetta games to the yeah. point where I would say I haven't really played them. Um, I also think I often find myself in a trap of thinking that I am either I am smarter and or more patient than I am. Okay, and find myself interested in like these highly you know, these slower paced intellectual games, I was like, maybe I would like the witness that looks cool. And then, and then I looked at it and I'm like, Nope, I would hate this. You would absolutely hate Um, that one. But there's always like, you know, cool indie games like Kentucky route zero is one of them. That would be one of mine too. Yeah. I always looked really neat, but it's like, I don't know if I can actually maintain focus on this game. Yeah. And there are some that like I've, I've started or sampled and want to play more of for whatever reason. Like usually it's games I start on my laptop, which yeah. uh, is just not my gaming mechanism of choice. You know, yeah. like like Disco Elysium. Is that's, a game. A, that's a great one. Too, I want to play I, so much more of that game. I think it is on Switch now. I might download it onto that. But, yeah, um, but I think that's exactly the prime yeah. example of I'm like, I know this game is good. But how can I actually slow down my brain enough to appreciate what it's doing? That's kind of the problem, too. Yeah, yeah. I have the similar uh, struggles with that. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it's very much like indie games is is more commonly what this falls into. Because any sort of big, major game, it's like, yeah, I know what that game is like. And if I know I like it, I will play it. And I can very easily tell, no, I won't like it. Yeah, yeah. And then I will skip it. But there's a lot of indie games that are just sort of more vaguely defined. And they, you know, they show up on Polygon's top 50 games. Yeah. And you're like, well, that sounds really cool. Sure, maybe. Yeah. But, I'll take your word for it. Yeah, yeah why but not? But I don't know if I can wrap my head around it, so... I, I guess if I'm if I'm gonna make it three, I, I guess I can toss out the Dark Souls series. I've I've oh, played yeah. I played Demon Souls, I played Bloodborne. I've never played the three like proper I Dark Souls like games. Like part of the same. Bloodborne thing. is kind of the same thing. Yeah, so I never Demon beat Souls. Demon Souls. Oh man, but, uh, I beat that game. That game is hard. It's hard as fuck. Yeah. That's my hot take: is that Demon Souls is hard. Oh holy shit! Stop those presses yeah. right now. Um, yeah. So I guess that would. I don't know. Uh, I there aren't too many like at this point. Because games are so accessible, just in general. Like, if you want to play it, it's kind of just on you if you haven't played it yet. Yeah. Uh, and especially for old games. Like, I figured, I feel like I've played every game N64 and pre that I've ever had any interest in. Which is, like, sometimes I think about that, like, okay, what would little kid me think of, about the life that adult me is living? Sure. And there's sometimes where I, like, it's times when I'm, like, eating crackers in bed yeah, yeah. that I can really sit down and appreciate it. Uh-huh. Um, but it's also just, wow, I have, like, every game I could ever want to be excited about. Like, Absolutely. when I was a kid and I got a copy of Secret Ever Secret of Evermore, I was stoked. Oh, yeah. Um, but now I'm just like, yeah, I can just play Secret of Evermore whenever I want. I could, you know, throw in some Soul Blazer or something. So... I'm taking a moment of gratitude about the accessibility of games that we have at the moment. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm going to take a moment of gratitude for all of our listeners. Thank you all for listening and uh, for supporting us through all this. And uh, uh, we are going to be taking a little two-week break to round out the year here. This will be our last Wii Wii Universe episode of uh, 2021. 
We will be back the first week of January, ringing what, in the new yeah, year. Yeah, what's kicking off 2022? Oh well, we're gonna be we're we're gonna approach it in like a stealthier way than we have before okay. with uh, Tom Clancy's Splinter Cell: Colon Blacklist. Uh, oh, so Splinter Cell game. Sorry, James Spader. Uh, yes, yes, that's one. He wears a little hat. Oh, perfect. That's his whole deal. Isn't that his whole deal in that show? He just wears <laughs> no, a hat. I never watched that I've show. I've never watched just, a second just, of that show. It's just on commercials for shows that my parents watch. But according to uh, my phone here, it is the most successful piece of media ever made uh, in history. It, it is possible. Uh, so apparently it's popular. Also, but. I did not know that the, I like Splinter Cell a lot, and I did not know that game existed. Yeah, so yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited for this one, too. Yeah, Splinter Cell's great. Uh, so everybody, have a happy holiday. Have a happy new year, uh, and we will see you when we get back with a little Splinter Cell colon blacklist. See you next uh, year. Bye, everybody. You show me more.